We are joined by the very talented Laura McGoldrick. And if you don't know Laura, she is a broadcaster across TV and radio. She also has a very impressive knowledge of sport, particularly cricket. She is married to Martin Guptill, and they have a gorgeous wee girl, Harley, who is a genius, right? She's a genius, genius child. I don't want to brag. It's embarrassing, but yeah, she is a genius. How old is she now? Two and a half. Cool. So I'm really bad at maths, but about three years ago, you found out you were pregnant. Yep. How did you react when you found out? Um, I'd spent a lot of my life or my, my, my grown-up life, even though I'm still not really sure I'm a grown-up, <laughs> a lot of my grown-up life um, trying to forge a career. So when Guppy, we can call him Guppy because I don't call him Martin, but serious. When Guppy and I decided that um, you know, we wanted to have a starter family. It, w- I was probably a little bit business about it. I was like, yeah. right, well, we can do it. You can, if you could, if we could get pregnant today, <laughs> I can have the yeah. baby by here, and then I can be back at work by then. Did you try to schedule the whole I thing? Did. I was quite scheduled, and yeah. also when you have a partner who plays sport for a living, um, there are some key factors like him not often being home. Yeah, um, that play a small part. So we had to be very matter of fact about it. Yeah, it was, it was a <laughs> sounds romantic. Yeah, it was super romantic. <laughs> It was, it was really cute. There was no candles. Um, it was so, yes, yeah, so it was it was a little bit scary for me. Guppy was keen as mustard to get, you know, to, to start a family straight away, whereas I was a little bit um, scared because I guess there weren't enough women saying out loud that, you know, you can have it all. There's my mm. mum, um, my mum who said that, and your mum who said that. Yeah. And there weren't many others. So um, I was quite nervous to, to get started. Because Were I, you worried that it would impede your career, that you would have to stop everything yeah. and be at home with Bub and that would be the end of everything that you'd worked for? Yeah, I really did. Um, I really, really did. And I, I think, um, I don't know why I thought that. I think it was the fear of going missing for a period of time. Mm. Um, um, and then c- not being able to figure out how to do it all and keep working as hard as I was working and um, and still manage to, you know, do a good job and then do a good job at home as well. So in that stage when you found out you were pregnant and you had to keep working, but, you know, there's that time where they say, don't tell anybody the first 13 weeks. Um, how was that for you? Were you feeling sick? Oh, horrendous. It was during the cricket season and... I was, I, you sort of, some people get very sick through the duration, some through that first trimester get very unwell. I sort of got it till about 20, 25 weeks. I was Ooh. nauseous and it wasn't just like a morning thing. That morning sickness is not a thing. It's an, it was all an all day. day thing. So it's just like a really bad hangover without the good night before. <laughs> yeah. And so there was a lot, because I am a, I like to socialise and I love having a glass of wine with my girlfriends or I like to, um, you know, I like to, dance and boogie you know I'm that kind of gal um it was very obvious I think to people around me when I stopped going out when I stopped you know kid do you want to come around for dinner nope nope I don't want to tell anyone that nope and then I remember very distinctly I was probably about seven weeks and we went to a girlfriend's house um and they have two little kids and it was um you know just Gabby and I went around and she said do you want to wine I said no I'm pregnant I mean oh god I I didn't mean to I didn't mean to tell you that but I just I just you you, you, you're gonna know as soon as I say no um, the pressure yeah yeah um so, but, you know, that, that first 12 weeks I was a little bit crook and I remember it very vividly. There was 
One moment, particularly, I remember when I was um, working on a cricket game, I was at the um, Caketon in Wellington, and a cricketer, had ju- one of the batsmen had just gone out, and he came over and he had to do an interview with me, and I can remember what I was wearing because I was so worried I was going to vomit on it, <laughs> and it was a white shirt and a black skirt, yeah. and then I was interviewing this player, and my like sense of smell was obviously very heightened. Right, and he's sweaty. And he's stunk, and I can still smell it now. Oh, no. Mm. I'm so sorry. And No, it's fine. It's fine. I'm happy to go back there for you, uh, Evie. <laughs> That's fine. And I remember having to just very politely go, I'm just, just, just going to pass you that microphone. I'm just, thanks so much, thanks. And then just sort of... Make like, a beeline for the portal. Make a beeline for the bathrooms, which was quite a, quite an experience. And I did drink um, Gaviscon <laughs> from the bottle. I didn't even take doses. I was just <laughs> drinking it like it was... So was it a relief to be able to tell people then to have an explanation for why you were feeling the way that you felt or was it kind of nice to have that secret at the beginning? It was nice to have the secret at the beginning but it's a hard secret because the time that you actually feel as though you need to be telling people when you are feeling Mm. disgusting and you just need to lie down, that's the time you need to tell people and generally speaking that's the first trimester. So. Uh, it was a nice relief to be able to tell people, but you sort of sometimes you can get a bit of a, um, a, a burst of energy in that second trimi- trimester. So um, it, it's a, that's actually the trimester that you don't really have to tell that anyone because you're, you're like, oh, I could keep this a secret for ages. But um, I certainly showed quite, quite, and from about 15 weeks, I think you could tell something was going on. It wasn't just a big lunch, or it might, <laughs> might have looked like a big lunch, I'm not sure. But it's nice to be able to say to people, mm, yeah, um, no, I am pregnant. There's a reason. Um, can you get off that seat? I'm pregnant. Yeah, exactly. Um, was there, what was the reaction like in your workspace? Because you were worried about how that would affect you professionally. Do you feel like you were treated any differently at all? Were you still considered for the same job opportunities? Um, I, yeah, n- no, no one treated me differently at all. I, I work in a mainly male environment in the television side of things with sport. And yeah. they were all very excited about the baby. Oh, cool. Um, in fact, she came on tour the net because I'd timed it yep. to, to perfection. <laughs> nice job. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, baby came with us, so the, the commentators would take turns at holding her, and oh, and they were very, cool. very helpful um, with her then. So, no, I don't n- – to be honest, I never had to – the minute that she came out, none of that mattered to me. You could treat me as differently as you like. like I was a mum now, and that's all that actually mattered. So I never noticed any changes and not getting jobs because of that. I certainly – jobs were made slightly more challenging, mm-hmm. like hosting the New Zealand Sports Awards, the Helberg Awards, with this big sequined dress. And it was like he, – I was head-to-toe sequins, but I had to keep going off stage to express because she oh was my only gosh. three months old. So they, they'd have to sort of – had to get out of this thing, this thing and then – Laurie, Two minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Put that in there. I had like a little cooler bag that I'd travel everywhere. So yeah. Breast milk in there. Back outside. Ladies and gentlemen, would you please welcome to the stage? Because really that's the thing. One of the things, one of the words I would use to describe you is professional. You are so professional <laughs> and so hardworking and you don't ever complain. And I've seen you work crazy hours and never complain about it. Just maybe you do it at home and you're allowed to do that. But I see you as just someone really professional. So it's so funny that, yeah, on the other side of those those glamorous shots that we see of you, you on Instagram in the beautiful dress that behind the scenes you're also <laughs> you're yeah, also I'm working mi- I'm really milking, hard. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm a full milking machine. No, I had lots of, I had lots of stories <laughs> of some bizarre places at work where I would have to nip away to yeah. express. Do they make that easy? 
Or were you having to draw to the boss's attention like, hey, um, as a pregnant woman, I might need this space that doesn't exist? It was a little bit challenging uh, when you are travelling around cricket grounds. Right. Um, They are not notoriously set up. They don't have the facilities to house a breastfeeding woman. And that's okay. That's okay. Um, I was probably the first one that was like, I'm going to need you to put a chair in the toilet for me so I can um, feed my baby. But that's okay. That's just life. Uh, and they know now. I just don't think anyone have ever um, no one said, hey, I need to. <laughs> just before I do that quick interview with yeah. um, <laughs> one of those players, I'm just going to need to go and use my machine and get rid of this. <laughs> that's cool that they were so willing to adapt. Like That's how the world should be. It should be. And, 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 it's, and, and Kiwis are great like that. You just have to be honest. I mean, yeah. it's not like I could lie about what I was going to do. I need a room. What for? I'm going to breastfeed. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> how did you feel about breastfeeding in public spaces? Uh, I, I had no real issue with it, to be honest. I I didn't. I had a. I used a muslin yeah. over my shoulder. I actually I can lay claim to. I did an interview with someone while I was breastfeeding because um, I wasn't on camera and I had mastered being able to. Fantastic. Yeah, I was at. Your dad was there. JC was there actually. Yeah. And, and Gracie was there, and I think Lulu was there as well. And I had. I was interviewing. I think it was Lee Hart or Sonia Gray. Actually, it might have been Sonia Gray. Might have been both of them. You have a terrible memory when you have a baby. <laughs> and I was interviewing them and I was holding Harley there and I had a muscle over my shoulder. Everyone thought she was asleep, but actually I was breastfeeding. So Look at that for multitasking. Well, you know, I'm you not good at a lot of things in life. I wish I was better at tennis, but I can <laughs> breastfeed <laughs> while doing an interview. How did being pregnant change your relationship with your body? I probably didn't have a great relationship with my body in the first place. I didn't treat it as well as I probably should have. I was very all or nothing with it. Um, I always expected more from it. I wanted to look a certain way that I thought was important. Like most women, like I think. Like most women. Yeah. I, yeah I, uh, so it wasn't the healthiest before that. But I I think my relationship with my body changed only after I had Harley. Mm. Not even during it. I mean, I, you would look and, and I look back at photos now of me being pregnant and I'm like, I cannot believe I, I looked like that. At the time, I didn't want any photos. I was super embarrassed because I, I like puffed up from head to toe straight away. I, I don't like, remember that about you. So I'm like, so glad. I'm sorry I brought it up. I'm sorry. No, no, I mind. think that was like I think maybe if that's how you saw yourself, I never saw you like that. Yeah. Just so you know. Oh well that's I appreciate that. Um because that's certainly how I saw myself. And then I I having Harley, um yeah, it changed it probably about uh, a year or two after I had Harley. Mm-hmm. Um did I really realise how amazing my body was. Yeah. And I think it was because it took me a long time to trust my body again because I had to have an emergency c-section so I was scared I was very scared to do things after with my body I didn't want to <laughs> wreck it more than I felt like it already was and then I didn't take I went back to work f- quickly and, and I and I you know there are days where I grapple with that but there are days where I'm okay with it and proud of what I've done but um I didn't give my ch- my body the chance to rest and heal and um I didn't give it its um you know the respect it probably deserved and so I didn't take good care of myself so I was just eating and breastfeeding and eating and breastfeeding but there was no exercise and there was no and it becomes a bit of a vicious cycle and so I actually I think ended up gaining more weight after having Harley than I did during the pregnancy and I didn't um yeah take good care you put myself as a priority which I think all new mums are are guilty of that right you don't go okay look today Laura we're gonna you know go for a walk and it's okay if you go for a 20 walk and and 
guppy or granddad or nana has the baby that's where did that pressure come from where you felt like you had to do everything yourself or where Um, you felt like you had to get straight back to work or just be your best um that pressure came from me yeah um, because once I had Harley I actually said to guppy when the nurse uh when I first breastfed her and I was looking at her and I turned to guppy and I said I am never going back to work again and he said, well, <laughs> we'll talk about it tomorrow. <laughs> um, Were you on any kind of drugs? No, I, oh, well, maybe I was on a few. I don't, I don't remember. But, um, but I, there was no pressure to go back to work. I chose to. Um, an opportunity, acting, an acting opportunity came up. And, and for me, I guess at the time, I was like, no, that's really a great way for me to feel like me again. Because mm. one thing that you do lose is a sense of self when you – when you have a, when you get pregnant because you've got this thing inhibiting your body and it's you know you're not in charge anymore as much as you think you're in charge and even more so when baby comes out you're not that much in charge anymore very little is in your control and so I went back to work three weeks after having her it was my first read through of the script of West Side that I did and then um, I, I chose to do that because it was good for, it's good for my soul I love acting it makes me feel good so and you were fantastic in that I, by the way I, I I'm not sure I was I was very swollen but um but it was a no-brainer it wasn't a hard decision for me to make and I, I don't regret it because um, she was with me she'd come to set and mum or guppy would bring her to set and we would you know, I'd feed her on set and all the young boys would be like, is that what that machine noises? <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, that's me, uh, that's me, uh, me. Um, yeah, so uh, the pressure came always came from me, no one else, no one else. I couldn't have done all the things that I'd done without my mum particularly. Yeah. She travelled everywhere with me, she was at everything. So I, I think, you know, that pressure only came from me and because I wanted to set a really good example for Harley. I want to show her that, w- woman, you can do anything and everything and just because you become a mum even though that is my top priority also working hard and showing Harley how to do that is a priority because I want her to see that it that's you can do that and yeah. I want her to be proud of me as well she will be you're a fantastic <laughs> example you honestly are um in terms of your birth plan you know you said you had an emergency cesarean so had you had a, a completely different plan you got in there things went a little haywire how, how did that all unfold? Evie, I'm not hugely... Um, <laughs> when, I, when I fell pregnant, my biggest fear throughout the whole pregnancy was how the baby was coming out. Because right. well, I watched a lot of movies. It's and terrifying. And it awful and I'm just acting. It's, honestly, when I was a kid, I thought, you know, we had to go get injections, you know, blood tests or whatever it the was. Worst. Yeah, and I thought, I was like, oh, by the time I'm older, they will have in- invented something. You know, new technology where there'll be no needles. And with babies, I just thought, they'll invent something. 100%. They being, I don't know, scientists. The people. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, they'll they'll figure something out. So I was just really calm thinking, by the time it comes to me, they will have worked a way to just magic the baby out. Yeah. It's not the case. Apparently not. No. In an ideal world, it would just pop out your nose or something. Yeah. But it's... Um, and they just get bigger and bigger. They do. They do get bigger and bigger. I mean, it bigger. starts with you see the cute little... You're like, oh, a blueberry. Yeah. I mean, f- I wouldn't the, even When the feel fruit that. turns into a watermelon, that's a concern. Terrifying. And I think <laughs> I was so... And everyone was like, oh, you know, you'll, you'll want to do it without the drugs. I'm like, what? No. No. I want, like, all of the drugs. <laughs> if I could subscribe to those now, please, I will. I'll, yeah. I'll inject them myself if I need to. Like, I was... I was probably I had an I got an obstetrician because I was so scared. Yeah, and I said to him, "Look, here's the deal. 
I'm going to tell you straight up. I don't want to talk about how this baby's coming out. I know how it's going to come out. So <laughs> I, I don't need help with that. But what I am telling you is I don't want to feel a thing. Yeah. So, and he's like, fine, we won't talk about it again. I was like, valid, that's great. That's valid great. concern. Because I just don't, I mean, from everything I'd heard, and I, I had spoken to a lot of women, um, their birth plan, none none of those came no. to fruition. No one did exactly what they said <laughs> on the birth plan. And I didn't want to be upset by that. I presumed because my mother had three natural births um, that I would be able to do the same. Sure. Um, not the case. Not the case. With, with my poppet. <laughs> she just took her sweet time. It was, it was an interesting old time. I was 41 weeks, so I was a week overdue, and um, Guppy was going away to, to India to play some cricket, and the longer she was overdue, the less time he was getting with her. Of course. He left. So after, uh, well, I think it was just about 41 weeks. She was she was five days overdue, and I went to the obstetrician. I was like, you got to get this baby out. You just have got to get, get it out of me. You've got to get this thing out of me. <laughs> and he's like, no, okay, yeah, look, to be honest, you probably do need to be induced, so come in tomorrow morning. Oh, my God. 6 a.m. at the hospital. I'll meet you there. Oh, from better, there. I'm like a bloody hug. You'll oh, meet me there. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to turn up by myself. Yeah. Um, cool. So we went the next morning, had the car seat, got the, because we banked a cord blood, so we got the cord blood yeah. box and the, the baby, the capsule and the bag and the very fat monkey. Like, because I just remember <laughs> there was this one moment, certainly towards the end, I think it was like the day before, where I just sort of sat on the bed and my boobs were hanging over my stomach and I just sort of sat like this and I was like, oh my God, I am so sick of this. I was just so over it. <laughs> over it. So anyway, he broke my waters and um, uh, that was all, all fine and dandy. That did it with a crochet hook. Oh, what well, you would like into a crochet? I don't think it, I don't sure. think it, he borrowed it from his mum or anything. Okay. I think it was, a, it was, it was a like into a crochet. Unused, unused. Um, at that stage, broke my waters, and then nothing happened. And I only dilated three centimeters. And um, you know, to be honest, all I all I kept saying was, "Well, I'm ready to push. Like I can push now if you need me to." They're like, "He like, no, no, no. no. <laughs> if you're not dilated, you don't push, Laura." And because again, I hadn't, I didn't want to. I didn't want to talk about it, so I hadn't really thought about it. I just knew she was coming out mm -hmm. that way. Um, my mum and my dad and my two brothers were also in the room. Wow, okay. Yeah, so there was a lot. So Where, is there much headroom? Because I would imagine that the head of the bed is against a wall, so that most of the standing room in that, in that space would be... Um, yes, I understand what you're saying. Downward. Yeah, well, we had we never actually got that. We, we never got that far. And any oh, time the doctor would come right. in the room to have to examine, mm -hmm. like chucking its hand up there. Sure. Uh, my brothers would, my, most people would leave the room. My mum was there from the beginning. Yeah. Dad arrived at lunchtime at work from work, and my two brothers arrived from work about the same time because, okay. well, you know what our family's like. Yeah, no one close. misses anything. Um, <laughs> and they had all. Dad had. Uh, uh, well, we had asked if Dad would be in the room when the baby was born because he was very, from the get-go, very connected to the whole pregnancy. Mm. Um, and you, I could never go through something like that with not with not having both my parents there with me. Um, and my brothers were like, we're not missing it. So, um, <laughs> so they were there as well. So um, yeah. each time the doctor would come in, they would leave the room, he would say, look, you're only dilated three centimetres. You're, you're still only dilated three centimetres. Question, do yes. they use a ruler for that or is he just guessing? Well, see, now that's a very good question. And if they did pull a ruler up there, I didn't I didn't <laughs> feel that. But mind you, I'd, I'd had all the drugs at Does he point. just know by now? Is it like a he builder when they walk into a room and they're like, that's a mill off? Do they just, can they just feel? They must be able to. They must have some sort of measurement with, with their, their fingers. fingers. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, sorry. <laughs> off on a tangent, but I just wondered. Oh, like. <laughs> 
date an obstetrician. Um, yeah, so... <laughs> so I only dilated three centimetres. And um, I'll never forget, he, he came into the room and, my, and he said, oh, Laura, look, your waters have been broken for too long now and you are not dilating, so something could go wrong. We don't like the look of things, so you need to go in for an emergency cesarean. And Dad goes, oh, what? Because Dad knew that <laughs> Dad knew that no one except Guppy could be in the room when the... Oh, when the, I see. When the, and he's like, oh, are you, sure, are you sure? Should we just have another go? There's nothing else to have a go. So I got wheeled in and it was the most terrified I've ever been in my life because oh, no. of all the things, I never thought it would come to a cesarean. Why would it? Mum had three kids, right. naturally. So I had a cesarean, went in, that was terrifying. No one tells you that they <laughs> and this may have this may have just been me, but the worst part for me was when I, they were like things were happening around me, and it all it all happens very fast, but also very slow. It's a very strange. I don't know how to describe it. And then they took my my gown, my super cute hospital gown, and they pegged it up over this big like bar that was so that became the sheet for I me didn't, not being able to see I did not so realise like that my whole bits and bobs are just sprawled out. out on this special <laughs> table and I was like oh my god I must look horrendous did you <laughs> poor people did you feel like you wanted to make eye contact with people in the room to have like a human moment or are you almost is it like you know when you go get a Brazilian wax and you're mm. like do I make conversation do I want to hear about her wedding and mm. her life that's coming up or do I want to just pretend I'm not here. I carry on as per normal okay. while she's down there with the wax. Right. Okay, gotcha. So, I did, but I got very, I don't, I got very scared. Yeah. Um, and so I remember, oh, there's lots of things. I remember, I remember them saying as they were wheeling me in, now, Guppy, have you had something to eat? Because we don't want you to pass out in there. I'm like, look, I am friggin' starving. Yeah, if what you ask you? him one more time <laughs> if he's hungry, this is not about you. <laughs> um, no, but he, he got McDonald's. And then he got McDonald's? They, they got him some McDonald's. That, yeah, he got some Did you get any McDonald's? No, I wasn't allowed to eat anything. Are you, you kidding you me? You can't when you're about to go up to see So it. he's there having what? He's a Big Mac? Jumping and down nuggets. on a Big Man. I'm like, I am going to absolutely. I think do. I, you'd, you'd sock him, wouldn't you? You'd yeah, just I was be very so unhappy. And then I, I remember mum was the last person I said goodbye to as they wheeled me through. And I just remember just sobbing and sobbing. Because oh. I was just scared. I was just. And then I said to Guppy, if I die, you can't remarry until Harley's 18. <laughs> um, that, that, I just thought that yeah. would be, you know, that seems fair. Well, he's <laughs> eating McDonald's, so he's obviously yeah, pretty relaxed. One of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, so I did, I mean, you go through all those things, but, but I think maybe because I didn't know, I didn't expect too much. I was sad though, and maybe it was just my obstetrician, I, 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 I didn't get that moment where they put the baby on my chest, which I thought I would get, you know, you see or you hear about that moment that they put the baby on your chest. Maybe because it was a C-section, I didn't get that. I had to, it all happened so fast, I had to, to ask them to bring the baby back, because I... I like knew what she looked like, but I didn't. You know, I needed yeah. to have a look at her for a bit longer, and you don't get her for a, for a wee while. It's it's quite. You just all you want to do is hold your baby while you're being stitched up. And that was quite weird. When they were getting her out, one thing they didn't say to me, they didn't sort of forewarn me, is that they would push on you mm. to push her out. And I just remember making this bizarre noise, <laughs> like a hoo. They, I don't remember that. I really don't remember. I don't know. I don't know. They should have probably told you you're going to make a noise like an elephant. But, <laughs> I but then she came out and she was perfect and beautiful and um, it was the best moment of my life, I think, easily. The whole family was waiting in the in the room as she came out and everyone cried and it was a, it was a beautiful moment. So, no, there's a really long answer to your birth plan. <laughs> I did not have a birth plan. And I, just, I merely because I just didn't. 
I didn't want to be disappointed. And there were moments where I felt a bit gutted that I couldn't do it the natural way. But at the end of the day, you don't get a medal for how the baby comes out. No. So who really cares? And I don't care. I don't care now. I, the, and the, I do still sometimes when people hear you had a C-section, I felt compelled to say it was an emergency C-section early on. But because people, women... Some there's some women, judgment. There's some very, there is a lot of judgment, especially around your the way your baby's born, the way your baby's brought up, all of those things. You're always going to get judged when it comes to parenting. And I don't know why. I don't think it should be that way. But um, but I'm very proud of what I did and the fact that I got her out at all. And, exactly. Um, and I, You made a human being. I made a human being. And she's, like you said, she's a genius. Yeah, she is. <laughs> so, <laughs> so if there's people listening right now and they're starting to feel all those pressures that come with yep. being pregnant and perhaps being a new parent, what would you give as a piece of advice? Oh, you, you've kind of got to drown out the noise because the only people who know this baby are you. You know, you created this baby and you're, you're creating it or you are pregnant right now. You, you're in charge. You can listen to people's advice and you can, you know, you can sift through it. But at the end of the day, it's it's up to you. And, and if that if your journey was a C-section or you opted to do that from the get-go, more power to you. You know, like I say, there is there should be no judgment, and you hold your head up high. You made a human being, like Evie said. You made a human being, and they're all perfect and wonderful. And don't worry about what anyone else thinks, um, because at the end of the day, you're the only one that has to get up in the morning and look in the mirror. And you made a human, so you should smack yourself on the back and go, "Hell yeah!" Because it's a hard thing, and it is a really hard thing to do and to raise a child, and uh, because you want to raise good human beings, and that is challenging in itself. Yeah, but also you're not alone. So that's you are part of one of the biggest clubs going around, and it's a very cool club to be a part of. Laura, thank you so much for all your advice. I don't advice. think I helped. I might have made that worse. <laughs> no, it's good to know all the scary bits. It's good to know what's hard. It's good to know about the pressures, and it's most importantly just good to have these conversations. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. Oh, one thing I would like to say, and my mum told me this, and I think about it all the time, uh, and I think Nini was a bit the same. Evie's mum. Uh, mum told me before I had Harley that children fit into your life, not the other way around. Oh, I like that. So <laughs> I'll leave you with that one. Thank you for having me. Next week on the Hapu Club, we are chatting with life coach Sarah Trass and sexologist Morgan Penn about feeling sexy in your new bod and finding time for yourself as a new parent. Um, I'm a new parent right now and I can say it's not so easy to have any time for yourself. I um, went to the toilet the other day and I was literally rocking my baby while I wiped my ass. So um, I'll be listening to the episode and taking notes myself. In the meantime, you can check us out on Instagram, rate and review this podcast and hit that old subscribe button. Even recommend us to a friend. I'd really appreciate that. Thank you so much for listening. Catch you next time on Hapu Club. Hapu Club.